Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock on a hectically busy Saturday evening of sport. We'll keep you bang up to date with all the live sport, including the All-Ireland Hurling semi-final Limerick up against Waterford, the Lions in action at the moment against South Africa as well, and the Community Shield. Man City and Leicester is live since 5.15 too. Loads are coming up on the show then between now and 7. We'll preview tomorrow's other semi-final. The Rebels, Cork in action against Kilkenny. Big, big game up in Croke Park. We will also be reflecting on the Red FM Senior Hurling League. We look back on a big, big win for Cork City last night up in Galway looking ahead to Cove Ramblers in action against Athlone tonight and we look ahead to a big big day for Kelly Harrington as she goes to get an Olympic gold medal at the Olympics tomorrow morning at 6am And hopefully she can get that Olympic gold medal. She already is a silver medal in the bag. So we will be previewing that fight later on towards the end of the show, closer to seven o'clock. Big, big fight for Kelly Harrington against Beatrice Ferreira, the world number one in the boxing um, in the Olympics tomorrow morning over in Tokyo at 6am. So lots of people are going to be up early for that fight. Loads to get through uh, between now and seven o'clock here on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until seven. Um, Loads going on. First of all, in Croke Park, it is Limerick up against Waterford. 29 minutes on the clock there now as I look at the screen. Limerick 10 points, Waterford 5 points is how it stands and I thought uh, Limerick were just going to add another point but they didn't. It is Limerick 10, Waterford 5 there. 30 minutes on the clock now up in Croke Park in an action-packed All-Ireland hurling semi-final and that game got underway 30 minutes late at 5.30. It was due to get underway at 5 o'clock because uh, you won't believe it, uh, there was a lot of traffic on the M7 or the N7 coming into Dublin uh, because a tractor and a trailer overturned with loads of bales of hay all over the road and caused absolute havoc it, it wouldn't happen anywhere else imagine like that happening on the way to the Champions League final in Madrid or Paris or something a tractor with bales of hay holding up everyone and they have to they have to uh, <laughs> delay the game by half an hour it is a purely Irish GAA type story and it did delay the All-Ireland Hurling semi-final today between Limerick and Waterford but with uh, as we said uh, 30 minutes on the clock Limerick have just added a- another point there now and it is Limerick 11 points Waterford 5 points as it stands there so Limerick in the lead and the winner of that game will obviously face the winner of tomorrow's big game Cork up against Kilkenny 3.30 throwing up in Croke Park for that as the Rebels face the Cats and that's going to be a great game because I thought Cork I thought Cork put in a great performance in their quarter-final last week I thought the semi or the first half performance in the quarterfinal in particular the first half performance was very very impressive but overall it was a great win for them over Dublin last weekend so hopefully they can bring that energy and do even better against Kilkenny because it's going to be a much bigger challenge against Kilkenny for Cork tomorrow we look ahead to that game with Dennis Hurley in just a few minutes time Um, loads of of other live sport going on at the moment. The Lions are in action. It is the final game of the Test Series for the British and Irish Lions. It's one game apiece as it stands after the Lions won the opening game of the Test Series against the Springboks two weeks ago. South Africa got a good win last Saturday and now it's half time over in South Africa and the Lions are leading at half time there it's the Lions 10 points South Africa 6 points so they leave the Springboks there uh, some tough work in defence uh, by the Springboks there uh, holding up the Lions at the end of the half uh, a strong opening 40 minutes by the Lions there and they are leading by 4 points the Lions 10 the Springboks 6 there 
Then it is the start, uh, the official start of the English football season, I suppose. Uh, all the championship games were on today and League One got underway in League Two. But ahead of the Premier League season, it is the Community Shield. What was the Charity Shield? I still call it the Charity Shield. I don't think it's been the Charity Shield in 10 to 15 years, if not more. But it is the Community Shield at Wembley today. Full stadium. We love to see it having a full stadium. 90,000 people there today at Wembley. And it is Leicester, the FA Cup winners, up against Man City the Premier League winners and at halftime remain scoreless in that game so plenty of live stuff as we said to keep you up to date and lots of other stuff then going on earlier on today as well and the lineup for the All-Ireland Under-20 Football Championship will be completed today Connacht champions Ross Gommon taking on Ulster champions down at Kingsbank Breffany Park at 7 o'clock this evening uh, the winner of that will face Offaly in the decider next weekend uh, in the Olympics Fanula McCormack secured a 25th place finish in the women's marathon overnight last night. Elsewhere, Stephanie Meadow came 7th in the women's golf on 12 under par, just 5 shots off the winner, American Nelly Corda. Leona Maguire finished up in a tie for 23rd on 5 under. And in the velodrome this morning, Mark Downey and Felix English didn't finish there, unfortunately, in the uh, the velodrome this morning. So uh, that is the latest from the Olympics. And of course, we have got Kelly Harrington in action. We're all looking forward to that as we said tomorrow morning it's going to be a great one also uh, today um, in the Olympics um, we have um, another no we don't have another update from the Olympics but we will have more updates from the Olympics a little bit later on as I said we'll be previewing that huge fight for Kelly Harrington tomorrow as well later on in the show elsewhere today then um, in football as we mentioned it is underway Man City and Leicester at halftime scoreless in the SSE Electricity League Premier Division tonight European High Flyers Bohemians they have been beaten 1-0 away to Waterford thanks to a Phoenix Patterson strike uh, so they go off and beat um, huge Greek teams during the week 2-1 up in the Aviva Stadium winning European games all around them at the moment Bohemians uh, lighting up Europe and making a fortune in the process but uh, they go and lose away to Waterford that a bit of a European hangover at the weekend for them uh, that's a cool name from the goal scorer from Waterford as well as then Phoenix Patterson uh, there's a 7.45 start in the Northwest Derby at the showgrounds tonight Sligo entertaining Finn Harps and in the first division Cove Ramblers taking on Athlone at 7 o'clock we'll hear from Cove Ramblers boss Darren Murphy later on in the show as well in the Munster Senior League Premier Division today Avondale they were beaten by Rockmount a good win for Rockmount 3-1 the final score in that one while College Corinthians and Ring Mahan played out a 2-all draw and in the Scottish Premiership Champions Rangers have lost 1-0 Dundee United a shock result there um, after they got off to a winning start last week obviously Celtic got off to a losing start last week so Celtic will go back level on points with Rangers if they were to beat Dundee tomorrow that is a 3 o'clock kickoff in that game and in golf finally for now Shane Lowry is 10 shots off the lead at the St. Jude Invitational as he prepares for his third round Roy McElroy shot a 66 in Memphis last night to move to 2 under um, and American Harris English has a 2 shot lead there on 13 under par uh, latest score at Crow Park for you now it is another couple of points for Limerick just uh, into injury time there in the first half now referee about to blow his whistle uh, in about, there's about two minutes of added time left and it is Limerick 13 points Waterford 6 points but we are going to turn our attentions to matters in Croke Park tomorrow afternoon because it is Cork and Kilkenny in the other All-Ireland hurling semi-final and Cork have made one change to the side that will take on Kilkenny in the All-Ireland semi-final tomorrow uh, Shane Barrett comes into the starting 15 as Shane Kingston drops to the bench Barrett is set to win his first senior championship start having made his debut in 2020 
against Dublin. He's made a huge impression in recent weeks, um, scoring um, one, four, one four off the bench in Cork's three championship games to date. Last month, he also won an All-Ireland Under-20 medal when Cork defeated Dublin in the 2020 final, but he has been ineligible for the 2021 underage season due to his senior commitments. Experienced defenders Damien Callan and Owen Cadigan are back on the Cork bench as well. They're back from injury and uh, it's going to be a cracker tomorrow. I can't wait for tomorrow. 3.30 throwing up in Croke Park. Aidan has been speaking to Dennis Hurley of the Evening Echo ahead of tomorrow's All-Ireland Hurling semi-final and Dennis started by looking back on what has generally been a historic rivalry between these two great teams. Dennis Hurley from The Echo joins me to preview this weekend's Monster All-Ireland Hurling semi-final between Cork and Kilkenny. Dennis, how's things? Not too bad, no, Aidan. Thanks for having me on. No bother at all. Um, this is a clash full of history and traditions and, uh, of course, it's one of the biggest rivalries in GA history, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. Um, I suppose in recent times, the teams haven't played too much in, in the championship. Like, historically, Cork and Kilkenny would only have ever met in finals, but the last time they met in the final was 2006 and since then you've had two um, two semi-finals and two quarter-finals Kilkenny won three of those and Cork have only won one so hopefully um, hopefully the balance can be restored somewhat now this weekend The two styles of Kilkenny and Cork I suppose are there in stark contrast to the kind of ultra-modern hurling of Limerick and Waterford in the other semi-final but uh, I think the, the, the two styles it's much more traditional Yeah um I suppose a lot of people would have kind of said Cork were were gone were gone too far in a different direction this year with the the short passing during the league. But I think definitely in the championship we've seen them being able to mix it up a lot more, and that's been been borne out by the the performances. Um, Kilkenny under Brian Cody, you know, you know what you're going to get. It, it it's it's always the same. Like uh, I, I suppose you'd, you'd admire them the way that he's able to keep kind of turning out teams that can compete. Um, year after year, you know the the players change, but he stays the same, and the the philosophy stays the same. Um, and then at the same time, I suppose it's um, it's coming six years now since they've won another, and so they're probably maybe under a bit of pressure that you say maybe Cork aren't under. Um, but but then they have won the last two Leinster titles, so they're they're definitely um far from far from a, a team in crisis. Absolutely, I I think um. I suppose that looking at Cork, the most exciting thing is the the goal threat, the constant goal threat in players like Jack O'Connor that is burst on and uh, the the two games he's had against uh, Clare and Dublin. Uh, it's it's great to have players like that to take attention away from uh, the likes of Patrick Horgan, I suppose, going into a crucial game like this. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, the, the league was very good from a goal scoring point of view for Cork. Uh, and then you were just maybe worrying a small bit with the way the second half went in the final league match against Galway and the the Limerick game, you know, where they only got got one goal having having been so good in the league. But um, you know, since then the the goal threat has been back back to what it was. Like Cork have five goals in the last two matches, like you say, Jack O'Connor has really, really um made himself one of the first names on the team sheet. Um and you'd hope that in in Croke Park, you know, he'd be even be even more of a threat. And, and definitely, you know, even Shane Kingston has a goal in each of the last three matches. Um, so it's it's good, like you say, that there are different um, different avenues to which they can score. Like Adam Connolly and Shane Barrett have been um, have been good coming off the bench in the last couple of matches as well. And I think definitely having 
having a wider a wider scoring threat has made Cork uh, a stronger team all around. Yeah, I think you you've touched on it there. Pace is definitely the key to the the Cork forward line. And I suppose in that big Croke Park pitch, surely that's going to suit Cork's running game and that pace of the forwards. You'd, you'd imagine it, it should be an advantage, definitely. But then, Darren Kingston, after the Dublin match and again during the week, he, he made the, the point that Croke Park is pretty much a home venue for Kilkenny. They, you know, they play practically every championship match there. So, you know, I, I, I don't think it'll be any great disadvantage to them either. They, they won't fear Cork. They respect Cork, you know. That's the great thing about Kilkenny, and that's why they've been um, able to be at the top for so long that they they never take any opponent for granted, or they're never complacent. So they'll they'll have looked at Cork, and they'll they'll have a, a few plans as, as to what to do. You you would imagine, you know, they do have a lot of strong defenders, um, like Tommy Walsh, Hugh Lawler, Paddy Deegan, Audrey Walsh. Um, you know, so they, these aren't guys who. You know who who opened the, the gates for the Cork attackers to to run through. So it'll be a different challenge, I think, to what Cork have faced so far. But they're going in definitely with a good degree of confidence after the the two wins. I think I think until Cork beat Clare, there was still an element of doubt about just how good they could be this year. I think everyone knew that there was potential for the, the coming years, but just we didn't know exactly where Cork stood. But coming through those two matches, the Clare one especially in the way they did, and then. Just being able to carry that on against Dublin, I think has really shown that Cork are among the, the top four or five teams in the country and they will only get better in the next two years. You touched there that it's a different challenge and the aerial threat from Kilkenny is probably something Cork haven't really come up against yet. The likes of TJ Reid and Owen Cody, they're so they're so good under a high ball. Um it's really gonna test out that, that Cork defence. I will absolutely and it's um, it's something that's always been a hallmark of Cody's teams that you know they, they'll they, they'll um, set themselves out and say, look, this is what we're going to do, and you have to try and stop us. And I suppose Robert Downey, since he's come into the team at fullback for the declaring Dublin matches, um, has definitely given Cork uh, an extra dimension in terms of aerial ability at the back. Like he he marked Aaron Shannon out of the game um, two weeks ago in Limerick, so. If you were guessing, you'd say maybe he might pick up Cody and then maybe someone like John Miller could be on um, be on TJ Reid, you know, because he could he could roam out, out the field, I suppose, given given how good Reid is at dead balls. Cork will be looking to try to limit the number of scoreless frees given away, but then, you know, it's often a case of giving a free away to avoid giving a definite score away, so it's a, it's a balance they'll have to try to, to strike. I suppose as well... Uh it's TJ Reid and Patrick Corgan, two of the greatest players to ever pick up a hurley going head to head in All Ireland semi final. Um, there's plenty of plot lines to draw, but I think uh, it's going to be fascinating to see the two of them share the pitch and uh, to see what they can do. Yeah, sure. I think we all remember what, what Patrick Corgan did the last time Cork played Kilkenny in the quarter final in 2019. He scored 310 out of, I think it was 318 Cork got. Um, it was a real virtuoso performance and it was just a pity that it couldn't be matched with a win. So hopefully hopefully Sunday will provide some kind of um, payback for that. Like, you know, at the moment, Patrick Horgan is one of the greatest players and ever have won in All-Ireland. You'd hope that that won't always be the case. And I think Patrick himself wouldn't mind if he was held scoreless once Cork got the win. Absolutely. Uh, finally, I suppose uh, I'll push you for some sort of a prediction. I I would say I, I think just on experience and 
the the greater need to win, especially given that they lost to Waterford in the semi-final last year. I give Kilkenny a slight edge looking at it from a completely detached and objective point of view. Um, but you definitely give Cork um, a, a strong chance in in, um, in in a setting like this. You know, they have a way of momentum behind them. Kilkenny haven't played uh, since the middle of July, so there might be a bit of rustiness. Um, but I think no matter what happens, it's been a positive year for Cork. It's the start of the year, you're taking a semi-final, and there's definitely a real solid platform to build on now. So... I'd give Kilkenny the, the nod slightly for Sunday, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if I was wrong. Thanks very much, Dennis. It's going to be a, a super clash, and uh, we're all looking forward to it. Thanks very much for joining us on, uh, on the Big Red Bench. No problem at all. Cheers, Aidan. We are looking forward to it and we are hoping that Dennis is wrong just like he's hoping he's wrong um, and hopefully it's a Cork victory but it will be very, very tough for the Rebels against Kilkenny and Crow Park tomorrow afternoon in the All-Ireland Hurling semi-final. Now the other All-Ireland Hurling semi-final in Crow Park half-time there now at the moment and as it stands if Cork were to win tomorrow they'd be facing Limerick in the All-Ireland final in a few weeks but uh, Waterford could still turn that around in the second half. As it stands there half-time at Crow Park it is Limerick 15 points Waterford seven points so um, a cracking game there as we said it started half an hour late because of uh, bales of hay on the N7 or the M7 heading into Dublin an overturned tractor blocked the road and all the fans were were held up in a 20 kilometre tailback or something like that so they got there eventually to Croke Park and there is 25,000 fans in Croke Park this evening as there will be at the game tomorrow and then 40,000 fans at the All-Ireland Final in um, a couple of weeks. A few other live games underway at the moment as well in other sports. The Lions in action over in South Africa in the um, in the second test of, uh, or the third test excuse me, of their series and it is the deciding game and a halftime the second half getting underway shortly there now it is the Lions leading the Springboks by 10 points to 6 so we'll keep you up to date with that and the second half is getting underway as well over in the um, Charity Shield, the Community Shield at Wembley and uh, Leicester nil, Man City nil is how it stands in that game there as well. Now for now we're going to stick with Gaelic Games and Middleton were crowned the Red FM Hurling League Division 1 champions last night. They defeated Sarsfields and Carrick Tool winning by 4 points on a scoreline of 3.13 to 2.13. Rory was down there at the game and he spoke to victorious Middleton captain Conor Lehan afterwards. Conor congratulations a hard fought win tonight. Yeah massively um the start to start had really uh, put us uh, put us to our uh, to make it to get the best out of us. But look, luckily we we kind of kept the heads a bit. We kind of kept tipping away and it kind of worked out towards the end by the first half. And uh, you know it's just trying to maintain that and drive on for the second half. So look, it worked out well tonight. So we're happy out. Massive strong win. There was a your choice to play into it in the first half. No, it definitely wasn't. No, no, no. We were definitely uh, definitely chose to be with it. But um, look, that's the way it goes. And like normally you wouldn't want to take in the wind as an account. But look, the way it was tonight, you kind of you have to adjust a little bit. But look, we, we did our best and it worked out. So there was some small little things like that. It'll kind of keep the confidence growing. As you said, stars like seven points up in the first three minutes. Were you worried at all? Yeah, definitely massive. Like, you know, like I noticed that at least it was the start of the game that happened rather than kind of towards the second half. So, look, in moments like that, you just got to dig deep and kind of just keep taking because you could easily get carried away with them on top and nearly throwing the toll. But look, we're trying to build that kind of mentality that we just keep going regardless of the score. So, um, like I said, it's just a small little gain of confidence each time. That goal you got just in the stroke of half time when you changed things around? Oh, big time. Sure, like any time there's a goal, um, especially before half time. Um, we probably prefer to get it at the start of the second half because the momentum will go because Joby to sit back down at half time but uh, no, it was a savage well taken goal by Luke that's exactly what we needed at the time and that third quarter as well you really put 
brought it up to, to Sars and you really kind of drove on your advantage and used that breeze effectively yeah like the first few minutes of the second half is vital especially when, when a team is only like we're only a point or two between us so once you get a, once you get a head start in that's, that's like the best kind of push you can get to drive on and uh, it definitely helped us in the end Great to get your hands on Silverware though this early stage of the season oh, Always, always We haven't had, had the league in a long time now like over 10 years so look any anytime you get a, a trophy it's always a good occasion Set you up nicely for the championship now as well Yeah exactly look two separate competitions but look like I said it's uh, it's great to get a win tonight and look we'll move, move on when, uh, when it's time Conor congratulations Thanks million. Cheers That's Midland captain Conor Han chatting to Rory after their win last night defeating Sars to be crowned the Red FM Hurling League 1 champions and Rory also spoke to Middleton boss Ger Fitzgerald Congratulations you have to dig deep yeah, we had to dig deep. We give uh, we give we give Sars a sort of a, a, an easy start. We give from two goals. We'd have been disappointed, with, but I thought we uh, we responded well. We had to dig deep, and conditions were a bit difficult with the wind, Rory. But it was, it was a good win, and we we're very pleased. Yeah, you were playing into that wind in the, in the first half. It was tough going. Yeah, it was tough going. Yeah, and it, was, it made conditions very difficult for both teams. Now, to be fair, and um, but I thought we responded well, and, and we, we were happy enough with our performance overall. And the goal you got just in the stroke of half time kind of changed things around. Well, it was a, it was a great score for us. We probably missed one or two earlier, and that was a great score because it gave us a bit of a cushion going in at halftime to turn around in that position. What was what was sort of I suppose from where we started, it was, it was a great great position to be in. We just had to see it out in the second half, which we did in the end. But it, it was a tough match. Yeah, it was that third quarter as well. You really kind of exerted your dominance, really used the breeze to your advantage. Well, it was easier to hurl we, we, uh, into our uh, with the breeze at our backs. We had more space, and our lads were able to pick off a couple of scores, which was a which was a which was a help to us and, and give us a bit of a cushion. And great to get your hands in silver this early stage in the season as well as it was. Uh, it's always nice, and, and, and I suppose um, to, to be winning the, the Red FM Division One, we were, we were very pleased. It's a it's a nice thing to be winning it, and we haven't won it in a while. And I suppose the fact that we are in Carrick Tool and it's a tribute to Dennis Conroy also brings back uh, thoughts of yesteryear. So it was it was nice uh, nice to win it and nice to be playing it in Carrick Tool. And set you up nicely now for championship. As well. Yeah, and look, the championship has moved a little bit, so this yeah. match sort of took a little bit more significance in the sense that it's difficult to get games uh, in the in the build up to championship. It's diff- it's difficult to get pre- pre- preparation. I think both ourselves and sales were glad of the the intensity of this game tonight, facing into the championship, and you you'd be delighted to get those games. Sure, thanks very much. Cheers, Rory. Thank you very much. That's Rory speaking to Midland boss Ger Fitzgerald after the win over Sars last night, uh, giving them the title as Red FM Hurling League Division 1 champions for the year. Meanwhile, Charleville were crowned Red FM Hurling League Division 3 champions. They defeated Coursey Rovers in Church Road on a scoreline of 119 to 17 points. Decky Highland was down there for us and Decky was speaking to Charleville captain Danny O'Flynn. Danny, I suppose, what's the most pleasing aspect of that win there now for you? I suppose, to be honest with you, it's probably, it seems obvious, but the win because uh, we would play courses earlier in the league and they would have beaten us um, deservedly so and we were very disappointed with our performance so I suppose that was the main thing that we just wanted to come up and put up a performance against them um, the win is a, is a huge bonus but John, look, we're all in the same boat we're all trying to prepare for championship at the end of the month so it was important to get another win under your belt and um, get a very competitive game courses have always given us great battles so it was just fantastic to get a really tough game under your belt really and um, you kind of started off a bit slower but you kind of came into it you, you definitely took the, the bull by the horn towards the end of it and yeah, really pushed forward I like. suppose look we probably took a little bit of time to, to adjust to the breeze it was very strong in the, in the first half and, and our goalkeeper has a fantastic puck out so we're just kind of getting our bearings really but look we, we came into and we kind of got ourselves back into the game by half time which is which is all you can ask for and then look maybe we didn't push on as much in the second half but I would say that's more down to courses as well they were they put up a great, a great show in the second half and look, we were just delighted to come out and uh, the other side of maybe five points is a little bit generous not probably closer than that but we were just delighted to get the win really and uh, finally I suppose this does set you up for a good kind of championship good momentum going into it um, how do you feel about it? Yeah sure look we're, we're excited look we're, we're back up in senior after a very short stay there a couple of years ago so look we've, uh, we've a tough group and 
lap rock here so as well. So um, look, we're excited about it. It's great to challenge yourself against the, the best teams. That's all we're supposed to do. So that is Charleville captain Danny O'Flynn speaking to Decky Down in what sounds like a very windy Church Road last night. Um, Charleville defeating Corsi Rovers and they were crowned Red FM Hurling League three champions last night so well done to them now we're going to turn our attentions to football and a big big win for Cork City last night it's great to be talking about a Cork City victory and it's been a good few weeks for Cork City they're unbeaten in five games now and uh, they had a 3-2 win in Galway last night up against uh, John Caulfield and always a John Caulfield team is hard to beat as we know from his great years and great success down here in Cork with Cork City but he's managing Galway at the moment and Colin Healy's Cork City side got the better of Galway last night 3-2 the final score up in Galway at Eamon DC Park goals for Cork City a great strike early on from Dylan McGlade then Galway equalised then Derek Crowley going back for City then Galway equalised again then it was 2-all for most of the second half and then uh, young Sean Kennedy who only very very recently in the last couple of weeks signed a professional contract with Cork City came off the bench And what did he do? He only went and scored the winner for Cork City last night. 3-2 for City. Um, And it was the same scoreline as they beat Sligo in the Cup a couple of weeks ago as well. So it's been a good couple of weeks of wins for Cork City. And hopefully they can push up the table now and make the playoffs and get back to where they belong in the Premier Division. Kean Coleman captain City last night as both Garrod Morrissey, the captain, and Stephen Beattie, the vice-captain, were both missing through injury. And Kean Coleman joins me now um, to talk about last night's game. How's it going, Kean? Very good. Good, very good. How are you? Great. Um, a great win, as I said, Kian. A fantastic victory, and nice to be chatting about a win. And it's been a decent couple of weeks now, hasn't it? Yeah. Look, we've been on unbeaten in I think four or five games. Now. Five games, um, yeah. Five games, yeah. So last night was to top it off. Like it was brilliant. Um, we know it'll be a very tough game going up there. Got it obviously going very well at the moment, and situation at the moment. So to come out with a win was brilliant, and I thought the performance was excellent. Yeah, I mean, Galway are having a, a great season. If Shelburne weren't so far ahead, I think Galway would very much be in the in the running for the automatic promotion spot. But they're up there in second, still at laughed last night because Treaty lost as well. So to go up there and get that kind of win and score three goals against a team managed by John Caulfield, who don't concede too many goals and doing so well, it's it's a great achievement, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, like I'd say, if Shelburne win, they'd be up there with them um, closer. Like, but uh, yeah, look. All John's teams through years obviously have been very tough to, to beat, like and look I think we can we can do it against anyone in this league when we're on our day, like and last night showed that like I think uh, we defended very well in the second half, you know, they're very they're very direct and good from set players, like they scored two goals from them, but uh, we defended very well in the second half and then we hung on and we got our chance, we won the game, so it was brilliant. He took the lead three times and lost the lead twice. And I think we were any of us who were at the game or any of us who were watching it on LOI TV last night for the last five or ten minutes, we were just keeping the fingers crossed that he could hold on to the lead because we've seen a few games this season, Kean, where you've taken the lead, like against UCD last week, like against Bray a few weeks ago, and he haven't held the lead till the 90th minute, till full time. You managed to do it last night, and that's something that you're developing, obviously. Yeah, look, that'll be massive for us going forward. Uh, also, like you said, like we got in front a few times, and I suppose they kept coming back into the game. You know, we were just hoping that we'd hold on and get another chance. Like, but I thought, look, the longer we stayed in the game, and as it was a draw, like I knew that our quality would show in the end. Like, but yeah, look, we defended, like I said, brilliantly in the second half, and uh, we got our chance. And look, that'll help us going forward that we held on and got the win. 
nice goals as well, weren't they? I mean, um, Dylan McGlade got a great opener. Derek Crowley got a, a nice goal. And um, Sean Kennedy, young Sean Kennedy coming on um, and getting his first goal for the club. That was some way to kind of announce your arrival, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliant. Look, we were all delighted from look, I thought when he came on, I thought he changed the game, you know, he was flying into tackles, running the ball back and the goal, the third goal is brilliant, you know, it was an unbelievable finish, like it looked delighted from he's been training well and everything like so it's very good for him, that'll only give him confidence going forward. Uh you were the captain's R band again, Keen last night with Garrod Morrissey missing. How do you find having the captain's role at Cork City? I mean it's a big responsibility. Some big names have had that captain's armband uh, down through the years. So you must be delighted to have it, but it puts a bit of added pressure on your shoulders, I'd imagine. Yeah, look it's an honour, I suppose, like being from Cork and having that responsibility, that's what I want. Like obviously uh, it's a huge loss missing Garrod, like and beats obviously as well, captain and vice captain, like but when they're out, I've no problem filling in. Like I, I love having that role. Like so, but look, I prefer everyone was fit and tossed at the end, man. But look, I feel like having no matter what. And um, what have you made of your of your own season so far, Key? And I mean, um, you've kind of moved around a bit between midfield and defence. Where are you enjoying playing the most? Uh, to be honest, I'll play anywhere. Uh, I've been asked that question a few times. <laughs> uh, I suppose no matter if I'm on the pitch, I'm happy. Like I suppose my main position is midfield. Like, but obviously with injuries and that, like and how the season started they were sent to half like, but look I've no problem playing there and I'm enjoying it no matter what great stuff and um, you mentioned Garrod and Beats being out you were missing a few last night I mean Garrod Beats hacking in after he had that head, head injury last week George Heaven is still out so to go and get a victory like that and and to get three goals and, and put in such a good performance shows that now the squad is coming together nicely doesn't it? Yeah definitely look in a long season you need everyone you know lads that haven't played they'll have to come in and do a job like I thought last night some lads who hadn't played in a while came in. I look an example of it. The young lads coming on, Sean Kennedy making a difference. Like so, no matter who's playing, I think everyone will give their all. Like, and we we'll need that for the rest of the season if we want to try to get into that playoff spot. And I mean that that's that's the aim. Now it's been the aim all along, obviously, to get into the playoffs. But I mean, it, it it was looking quite unlikely for a while. But encouraging signs now. The last few weeks, obviously, the cup went up in Sligo. Um, a couple of good performances in games that you probably could have actually won against Bray and UCD, and then he got the win last night. So I think now everyone is kind of hoping that Cork City will make a real push for the playoffs. Nine points behind, but there's nine games left, and I mean, a few wins, and you're right up there again. Yeah, definitely. Look, I think there's there's enough games there to to get it. Like, but I suppose we have to go on a run. Like, and uh, look, I'm more than confident that we can do that. Like, um, like I said, there's a long way to go. Like, so once everyone's pulling the same direction, which we are, and which we have been for the last few weeks, I don't see why we can't. Like, but it's always going to be tough. But mm. we obviously believe in ourselves that we can do it. And hopefully, hopefully that'll give you a bit of confidence last night, that win as well. Um, there were some Cork City fans up there last night. I noticed on the TV that, that the, for the goals, you were running straight to the fans. And at the end, I, I'd say you're enjoying just having fans back in the stadiums and being able to celebrate goals with fans and so on. Yeah, definitely. Look, we've seen them as soon as we came over the wall off down there, there. Like, so already that's a massive boost. Like, and look, we could hear them all night. Like, but like you said, having fans back in is it's a massive difference, I suppose, when there was games with no crowds there. Look, it just wasn't the same. Like, even in Turner's Cross, I suppose, like, we haven't got a win yet with them there, like, but last night was brilliant to have them up there and a fair play to all of them for travelling, like, and hopefully next week we get a crowd again and get another win. 
Do you find it tough to play in the empty stadiums? I mean, any of us who were there at the empty stadiums, like I, I'd be up doing the announcing and so on. And um, even there, you're kind of, I was like talking to no people. You're playing in front of no people. Is it strange? It feels a bit like a, a training game and so on. Does it feel like it has more at stake and I suppose it more enjoyable to play in when, when Turner's Cross is? It's not going to be full for a while, but I mean, there was a thousand people there last week. That makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I suppose when there's no croak there, it's kind of it's kind of flat, and I suppose you create your own atmosphere on the pitch, like which can be tough at times. Like, but even when the crowd is in turn across, like the boost they give you, if it was a tackle or anything like that, the crowd are helping you straight away, and it's it's a massive, massive help. Like, so look, when there's no fans there, it's not the same at all. Like, but like you said, like things are looking up now, and hopefully more and more will keep coming through. Hopefully, yeah. and I mean, performances like last night will uh, will get the fans back as well, absolutely. And hopefully there's more allowed as the games go on. Uh, Key and it's Cove Ramblers next week now um, in Turner's Cross and there'll be there'll be a, a lot of supporters for both teams at that game, I'd imagine. Uh, it's always a great one, the local derby. It was the opening game of the season this year and Cork City got the win. Cove got the better E down in Cove. So it's one all in terms of games. Obviously, you want to get the better of your local rivals. So it's going to be a big one next Friday, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Look, every local derby is massive. Like there are games you want to play in, like, uh, and definitely you want to win them. Like every other game, obviously, but that one's extra, like, because they're local rivals. Like, but look, they're they're going well as well at the moment. Like, I think we're very close on the table. Like, so I suppose most important thing is that we go there and win. Like, focus on ourselves, and like I said, the crowd will be there. Like, so it'll be great to be involved in. And just finally, Kian, unbeaten in five, as we said now, you have the 2-3-2 two, two wins, actually, against Galway and Sligo um, in the last couple of games as well. So it's going to be a good week in trading. I'd, I'd imagine you've had a few kind of negative weeks over the season where the mood wasn't great. So it'll be nice to go into training now on Monday and have a good atmosphere around the club, won't it? Definitely. The difference when you get a win, you know, everyone's buzzing, everyone's delighted, I suppose. When you're not getting results, it's hard. Like, But no matter what the attitude of the lads and trainers, is always brilliant. Like, everyone trains properly and Look, we all want the same goal, like so. Definitely the wind that'll boost it even more, and everyone's looking forward to next week already. Great stuff. Listen, Kian, best of luck Friday night. We'll see you at the cross, and uh, thanks for Cheers. chatting to us on the show, all right? Come on. Cheers, bud. Thank you. Nice one. And uh, yeah, as we said, it was a great, great win for Cork City last night. Big win up in Galway. 3-2. A cracker of a game. I watched it live on LOI TV and it really was a cracker. And Cork City played outstandingly well. So hopefully they can carry on that form and go on and uh, get a result against Cove Ramblers next week. A big local derby in Turner's Cross and uh, both teams still holding out aspirations of making the playoffs. Now, uh, elsewhere today, lots going on live at the moment. Uh, Limerick have just started the second second half um, as they finished the first half really um, against Waterford another point on the board there for Limerick Limerick 16 points Waterford 7 points is how it stands there now second half just underway second half underway over in South Africa as well 54 minutes on the clock there and it is the Lions 10 Springboks 6 so the Lions still leading by 4 points there and at Wembley it remains Leicester City nil. Manchester City nil in the Community Shield there is about an hour gone in that game there as well so we'll keep you up to date on all of them throughout the show between now and 7 o'clock but coming up before 7 we're going to be previewing tonight's game for Cove Ramblers they're playing Athlone Town down in St. Coleman's Park this evening we'll chat to uh, Cove's Darren Murphy the new boss there and also I'll be chatting to Kevin Byrne of the Irish Sun their boxing correspondent ahead of Kelly Harrington's massive massive fight tomorrow over in Tokyo on the Olympics as she goes for the gold medal The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm
Cork's Red FM. Yeah, welcome back to the show. It's Colin with you until seven. Busy show tonight. We still have loads to get through. We heard there before the break from Kean Coleman of Cork City after their 3-2 win over Galway United. We'll hear from Cove Ramblers then ahead of their game tonight against Athlone in just a few minutes. But again, just to keep you bang up to date with everything that is going on, I'm keeping a very, very close eye here on the screen on Croke Park. 45 minutes on the clock there now and Limerick have extended their lead again. Limerick 18 points, water for eight points it's a great game so far uh, a real battle between the teams but Limerick uh, pulling away now and uh, they have um, a 10 point lead over Waterford there on 45 minutes so if it stays like that it will be Limerick into the All-Ireland hurling final where either Cork or Kilkenny will await them and uh, it looks like Limerick are going to probably uh, Waterford actually are, are going to add a point here to their tally and they have added a point to their tally Waterford so that will uh, make it uh, Limerick 18, Waterford 9 points there. So, um, yeah, Waterford still in the game with Limerick with a considerable lead there. So we'll see how that goes over the next kind of 20 minutes or so in that match. Um, and as we said, the winners of Cork and Kilkenny will face uh, the winners of this game in the All-Ireland Hurling Final in a couple of weeks up in Croke Park. But great to see the crowds there as well this evening. And uh, there's been a bit of a turnaround um, in the Lions game over in South Africa, unfortunately, because the Springboks have got a try, a try even, um, and it was a, a scrappy try, um, but um, it was a scrappy try, um, South Africa collecting a high ball, and then nothing kind of scrappy about what follows, Cheslin Colby uh, receiving the ball in the wing, beating two players, touches down for the try, Pollard is converted for the Lions, and it is the Springboks 13, the Lions 10 there in the deciding test game, 57 minutes on the clock, so still time for the Lions to get back into that game, just a three-point lead for South Africa, and and uh, just then in Wembley as well, it is remaining scoreless between Leicester and Man City in the Community Shield. 66 minutes gone in that game. And now we're going to be talking boxing in just a few minutes because it is a big, big day for Kelly Harrington in the Olympics tomorrow. We're all hoping for another gold medal. We have the gold medals from the lads down in Skibbereen already in the rowing um, from Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. Um, but we're hoping that Kelly Harrington adds another gold medal for Team Ireland tomorrow morning at 6am. We'll be chatting to Kevin Byrne from the Irish Sun about that very, very shortly. But first, we're going to stick with League of Ireland and Cove Ramblers, as I said, taking on Athlone Town this evening in the first division. Rory has been speaking to Cove manager Darren Murphy and first Ramblers player Nathan O'Connell. Uh, Nathan, I might just start with yourself and just like, I am. Um, what's the buzz been around training, like I suppose, since Darren's come in and like how have things changed since Darren's arrival? Yeah, everyone's been loving it really, you know. It's a bit of a mix from Stu, but there was good jobs being there. We're kind of going to different scenarios, attackers and defenders. And everyone's feeding off each other and all the lads are helping like Flinny, Conor Mead, Fran they're all giving us different things to do and everyone's loving it really There seems to be uh, a tremendous confidence around the side at the moment is that fair to say? Oh definitely I know John with the top of the table Shelburne they're unbeaten all season in the league so that was a massive result for us I suppose when you draw with a team like Shelburne then it makes coming to training that Tuesday night a little bit easier and everyone has kind of a pep in their step Oh definitely way more enjoyable like they're waiting to go for their next week again to play another game and hopefully we'll be ready for Saturday and personally for yourself, Nathan, have you kind of set any targets for yourself for the season? Uh, not yet, no, but I said I'll have to set a few targets now with Darren during the week. <laughs> and Darren, what targets did you have set for Nathan, do you think? Oh, look, he's, he's, he's come in, he's done, he's, he's, he's done well like the last couple of games. We'll look, tar- targets, I suppose, we go game by game, you know, and he's got to work hard anyway. That's a minimum, bare minimum, isn't that right, Nathan? Yeah, definitely. That's it. Yeah, um, and Darren, I suppose you're on the job now two weeks. How have you found that? Have you settled in? Do you feel at this stage? 
Yeah, again, look, it, it, it is what it is. Football is football. I've been around a long time, you know, um, and, and I suppose I've been learning and adapting as I go. Um, but for me, I think, you know, essential, you know, having a good uh, background team and the players have made it easy, to be fair, Rory. They, you know, they've, they've, they've been outstanding so far. You know, they've, you know, really kind of, I suppose, got on board of what we're kind of trying to put across. And, you know, that, that, that makes it easy for us. There's a great buzz uh, about Ramblers around the town. I was down in Cove last week and you know, the Ramblers jerseys and, and kit I saw around the place was fantastic. It's great to see. Yeah, look, again, I, I played at Cove as well as a, as a player, you know, and the, the, we're saying about, you know, the 500 in, it is, it's a great place to play a game of football. You know, it's, you, you get the crowd behind, yeah, you know, and people coming in, as I said, they wear, they wear all the Cove kit, you know, at the moment, you there's a cafe down there at the moment. I've been down there a few times, you know, the place is rocking and, you know, like it's even going down to the underage games, the academy games, you go down, you can meet people, they're excited about football and, and that's what we're all in it at the end of the day for us to, you know, we're all football heads and we all can't stop talking about football and you're looking at the next generation coming through and stuff. And look, that's, that's what, you know, you go down to Cove and they just want you to go out and, you know, like, I suppose, really, really kind of put a performance in. And that's every fan, I think, from every club. You know, they want to see the players really work hard and, and put in that performance. And that's what we'll, you know, we'll try to do for them. We spoke about, you know, having a, a belief in ourselves and going up to shells and the lads really kind of showed that belief and, you know, trust in each other. Um, obviously, there's a new group forming together there and, you know, they're, they're, you, you have to have that belief and trust in each other and it's starting to form and hopefully yeah look we, we're, we're going to try and take that now to, to Saturday night again it's a new week uh, it's a new game last week is gone so you know we, we just need to, 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 to work and that's what we're doing at the moment well I said it after the game I was really impressed you know the last the last five minutes we're countering in their home place to, to, to go and score you know um, which is really you know uh, it's a great thing to see um, you know the energy the intensity from the players but also the belief you know the, the, the belief that they they're, they're good enough to do that and that, that, that was the best thing for us as coaches and a club I suppose to see our players go out and perform that way you know we have, we have games to concentrate on I think what, what will be will, will be um, and we just need to keep our heads down and concentrate on what we can control we're concentrating now on game to game. That's it. We want a performance each game. And we, when it comes to it, you know, we'll worry about that. Uh, you know, if, 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 if our performances improve and, you know, again, football is football, but we, we really want to kind of get that work ethic into the lads and, you know, um, really, really see, you know, what, what they can do. There's no bad teams in this league. Um, and I, I'd really put that warning out there. Uh, you know, like you, you even look, the FEI Cup game was a tough game. You're going to get a good game off at loan. They're not going to lie down. You know, they're they're going to come fighting there. And I, I suppose it's up to our lads to take up that challenge then in St. Coleman's Park. You know, that's their home ground, you know, and really show what they're made of there. And that's what we will be kind of saying to the lads this week. Super. Thanks, lads. Good luck, Saturday. 
That was Rory chatting to Cove Ramblers boss Darren Murphy and before that Cove player Nathan O'Connell as well ahead of their game against Athlone Town. Uh, Cove on a pretty decent run themselves. We were talking about Cork City's good run the last few weeks. Cork City unbeaten in five games with two big, big wins in there against Sligo and Galway last night as well. And uh, Cove getting a draw with uh, leader Shelburne last week and uh, a nice win for them in the FEI Cup a couple of weeks ago as well. So um, thing, things hopefully turning around for both Cork teams in the League of Ireland. Uh, Waterford will be hoping to turn things around as I think they're just about to add another point in um, Croke Park there but uh, they're still quite a bit behind Limerick there still just 6 points now it was 10 points a little while ago and it is Limerick 19 points Waterford 13 points in the All-Ireland Hurling semi-final up at Croker uh, I'm looking at it here on the telly and it's great to see Croke Park with uh, a lot of fans in it it's not full by any means today it's 25,000 fans but um, it's great to see the atmosphere there and so on and Limerick have added another point now just as I'm talking uh, Limerick 20 Waterford 13 so that's frantic we'll keep you up to date with that as well and uh, no change for the Lions over in South Africa about 62 minutes on the clock there now uh, 63 minutes on the clock just as I say that and the Lions have got a penalty fantastic um, yeah fantastic no nonsense from Finn Russell uh, moving to 3 three from 3 for the game and uh, all square with 17 minutes remaining there now it is the Lions 13 the Springboks 13 my god nicely poised in the final test there 17 minutes remaining on the clock it is level and it's level on games as well from one game each from the previous two tests so so uh, who is going to go on and win this in the last 17 minutes? We'll keep a very close eye on that for you as well. We will be off air though before it finishes up. And um, then at 71, what is it? A 71 minutes, I think, on the clock. Is it in the uh, Community Shield? 73 minutes, Leicester nil. Uh, Man City nil there is still the score as well. But we are going to turn our attentions to boxing now. And we're going to turn our attentions back to the Olympics because Kelly Harrington fights world number one, Beatrice Ferreira for Olympic gold at 6am tomorrow morning in Tokyo. I think all of us will be getting up very early tomorrow morning to watch that fight and hope that Kelly Harrington can add another gold medal to Ireland's tally. It's been a pretty good Olympics overall for Ireland, I think. And uh, we have the gold medals from the lads in Skibbereens. We have a few bronze medals and so on. And Kelly Harrington already guaranteed at least a silver medal, maybe a gold tomorrow, but uh, it will be tough for her. We're joined by the Irish Suns boxing correspondent now, Kevin Byrne. And Kevin, I suppose, uh, Beatrice Ferreira is world number one. So she's going to go into the fight as favourite. Kelly Harrington will be the under underdog tomorrow but I mean she'll be no by no means a massive underdog um, she'll be right in there but um, she she won't be the favourite by any means will she? Yeah absolutely um, Ferreira is the world champion and Kelly was the world champion before her but the kind of the, the fighter of the moment is Ferreira so I can understand why she's why she's the favourite she's won all her fights in the in the Olympics so far by unanimous decision she hasn't dropped many rounds she's looked really good and she's probably deserving favour because she's a great, she's a tremendous boxer. She's got a lot of power and nobody has troubled her yet. And she's beaten Potkinen as well, uh, who, you know, has beaten Katie Taylor, has beaten Kelly Harrington, Amy Broadhurst. So she's, she's won her fights conclusively and looked really good doing it. As has Kelly, to be fair to her. If you look at Kelly Harrington's path to the final, I suppose, um, she she kind of cruised through the first two fights uh, in the round of 16 and the quarterfinals, found it a bit trickier during the week in the semi final. But uh, this is by far her toughest test, isn't it? Yeah, I, she's actually ha- she's had a, the perfect kind of draw, the perfect kind of run. It's been fantastic for her because the Irish team didn't exactly get a kind draw out there in Tokyo. You know, you see, like Kurt Walker had to fight the Uzbeki world champion number one, even not even for a medal fight, and and others came up. Uh, I think four members of the seven person team lost their first bout, so it's a really tough draw. 
And if you get a lucky draw, if you get a good draw, you're flying. So she got her first. She got the cobwebs off against Italy. All the nerves. Like Kelly's boxing a long time, but you know, boxing Olympic Games is a different gravy. So she got that out of the way, beat Italy, managed to kind of dust off a few cobwebs, then up the levels again a little bit against Algeria while still boxing well within herself, not still kind of business-like and doing the job. Then she had to really up the levels, kind of to 80%, 90% to beat Thailand last time, split decision, just did enough, won the yeah. fight, looked pretty good, and now she's got to up that again. She's got to, she's got to be the best Kelly Harrington she's ever been to have a chance of winning this fight against Brazil. And she would only be the third Irish person ever to win an Olympic boxing medal, a gold medal, um, which would be amazing. I mean, you're looking back at Katie Taylor, you're looking back at Michael Carruth in 1992. I think it was the same weekend back in 1992 that Michael Carruth got his gold medal. So, I mean, she would be like going down the annals of history, of Olympic and boxing history in Ireland if she was to get it, wouldn't she? Yeah, and that's 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 right. Like in 1992, we still we almost forget. We Michael Cruz's name, you know, lives on, and we we'll live. Mm. People will still be talking about him in 20, 30, 50 years. But his win against them, um, Cuba in the 1992 final, nobody thought he was going to win. He wasn't just an outsider like Kelly Harrington. He was a he was a massive outsider. <laughs> he was basically showing up for the silver, you know. Except yeah. in his own mind and his own team and his own belief, they felt that he can go out and win this gold medal. Kelly Harrington has far more kind of backers I'd say in this fight but she still needs to hit a level like Michael Carruth hit that day punch perfect from start to finish and uh, she can get it done she's already joined an exclusive club out there by winning an Olympic medal she's completed the set so she's won uh, European medals world medals and Olympic medals and she's only one of four Irish boxers to have done so Katie Taylor Kelly Harrington Michael Conlon John John Evans so she's already practically nearly completed amateur boxing but she's just got one step to go now there's a great buzz about her you've got a great piece in the sun today Kevin uh, things you didn't know about Kelly Harrington you've got uh, nine things there uh, stuff like she had a massive crush on Wes Houlihan the footballer she's got a pizza named after herself up in Dublin and all these random facts her partner is a boxer as well Mandy Lachlan so a uh, good way there in the sun today if people want to get to know more about Kelly Harrington Kevin's piece on page 54 of the sun but I think the Irish people are going to get to know her a lot more um, in, in, t- in weeks and months to come w- whether she wins or not tomorrow she'll be doing the rounds and she'll be appearing a lot on TV and radio I reckon yeah and she already is a bit of a darling of it like I mean what's ironic is RT don't really show her fights they don't show amateur mm-hmm. boxing at all anymore they used to but they don't anymore but yet they can't help but get Kelly Harrington onto TV so she's <laughs> been on like the Tommy Tiernan show yeah. she's been on the Late Late Show every time she's on she's top trending you know people love to hear her talk she's a fantastic role model not just for people in towns and towns and villages across Ireland, like young girls, young boys, and sports people in their 20s who want to hit that extra level because she did it. Like, she made her first international senior appearance for Ireland in something like 2007, and it took her nearly a decade. You know, it took her till 2016 to really mark her name down as one of the great, one of the greatest out there. So she's, she's a, like a role model for perseverance and believing in yourself and improving yourself and dedicating. So... Yeah, I think I think she is going to be. Um, she's got a good few months ahead of her. Like, but you know, fair play to her; she deserves it. I see Bernard Dunn um, saying that they'll have a whole tactic, a playbook of tactics to keep uh, the Brazilians guessing. So I reckon they have a few aces up their sleeve there somewhere. Well, yeah, and like there's a lot of input, right? And Kelly's good at getting the message, implementing the tactics, and all this. And we we know all this. But I was talking to um, Eddie Boulder, who was a former Irish coach, and now he's coaching the Germans mm-hmm. over in Tokyo. He's actually just home now because they didn't win a medal. 
But um, he's been in camp with Ferreira. And when he was in the Irish team, he was kind of Kelly's go-to guy in the high-performance unit as well. So he's seen Ferreira right up close. He's had his boxers in against her. So he's got, she's got another little extra bit of Brilliant. input there as well for the tactics. I think most of it is just stay long. You know, if you have the boxers, Kelly's brilliant at switch hitting. So if you box your southpaw, stay long. Don't engage. Keep, you know, put the jab in her face. Score your shots and get out. Do not go to war with this girl because she can punch, probably, she probably can punch a lot harder than Kelly. Mm. She can take the shots. So you just don't want to get in close to have a war with her. But if you keep it long, keep it at distance, Kelly, Kelly Harrington can win the gold medal. It's an early morning start, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Will you be up early watching it, Kev? Half five, Orty are coming on. Kenny Egan will be on Brilliant. and Eric Donovan. They're, they're actually doing the studio thing tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've a baby at home, so my sleepless nights have me all over the place anyway. So you've got yeah, you've got a, go. you've got a natural alarm clock of the baby there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> good Absolutely. stuff. I reckon half the country will be up early for it tomorrow morning. Uh, not to put you on the spot or under pressure or anything. If you had to call us, will Kelly, Kelly Harrington get the gold medal? Do you think, Kev? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I said to people yesterday it was probably 60-40 against, so it would be a good win, you know, but I'm, I'm, I've gone 60-40 for Kelly now. I think, just talking to a lot of people, I was up in Belfast at a boxing event last night, and, you know, a lot of boxing people have a lot of confidence in her, and, uh, you know, they've seen her do it before, they've seen her win, win the gold before, and uh, she's smart, you know, she's she's a smart, she's the smartest fighter out there in Tokyo, nearly. you know, there's, there's, there's very few as uh, shrewd in the ring as her, so I think if anyone can do it, Kelly Harrington can do it. Fantastic. Yes, let's say gold. Let's say gold. We're all going gold and we're looking forward to watching that early tomorrow morning, an early start for half the country, we reckon. Uh, Kevin, listen, thanks for chatting to us, Kevin Byrne of the Irish Sun, and enjoy the fight in the morning, all right? Cheers, Colin. Thank you. Good man. Um, just as I'm chatting to Kevin, I'm watching the uh, the Limerick and Waterford game on the telly here in front of me, uh, in front of me in studio as well. And uh, Limerick have added a goal just a few minutes ago. Aaron Gillan adding a goal for Limerick. So ten minutes left there now at Crow Park, and Limerick with a ten point lead. It's Limerick one twenty one, Waterford fourteen points in that game. An absolutely uh, electric match there. And uh, the winners of that, it's looking like Limerick as it stands will go on to face the winners of Cork and Kilkenny tomorrow in the All Ireland final. Hopefully that is Cork and that's going to be a cracker of a game. Uh, the Rebels versus the Cats up in Croker tomorrow with a 3.30 throw-in as well. Uh, meanwhile, the Lions are uh, back. Uh, they were back level, but uh, they're not anymore, unfortunately. South Africa have added a penalty and uh, about 69 minutes on the clock there now it is the Springboks 16 the Lions 13 points we're going to stick with Olympics right now and we're talking there with Kevin uh, Kevin Byrne from the Irish Sun about the prospect of Kelly Harrington getting an Olympic gold medal tomorrow morning we know already that Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy have got the gold medals um, last week and Emily Hagerty of course also of uh, West Cork is uh, got a bronze medal over in Tokyo as well and Skibbereen Rowing Club President Nuala Lupton has been speaking to Jeremy McCarthy uh, for us about the success of Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy and Emily Hagerty at the Olympics. As president of Skibbereen Rowing Club, um, is it is it difficult to try and put into context your emotions right now on the back of Paul and Fintan's success on the back of the previous success the previous day with the four ladies? This is a fantastic, lovely time to be involved in Skibbereen Rowing considering the Olympic success. Yes, indeed. I suppose our overwhelming um, emotion last night was relief mm. because, um, you know, everybody expected a gold medal and, they, you know, everybody coming into the shop, even here, all the week, they were saying, oh, we're going to get gold, you know. But we all know in rowing that uh, Olympic gold medals aren't easily come by. And uh, so 
the fact that they actually achieved it. And they had to row hard for it, you know, they didn't get it that easily. Um, that it was just a feeling of relief, really, within, I'd say, within all of us, because we had been so nervous. You know, we were sick in our stomachs, we, we were so nervous uh, coming up to it because um, we knew they had the ability and we knew they should. But anything can happen, anything can happen. You know, they could, as you know, the, the conditions there were difficult mm. for a start, and boats capsized and everything. So, you know, that's what's happening. Um, now they're more used to uh, rough water, I suppose, than others would be. But um, they could have gotten COVID, you know, anything could happen. So it's just the overwhelming feeling of relief that they actually achieved what they were capable of. The girls, absolutely amazing. We were so delighted for them. They're the loveliest people. And uh, Isla, coming eight and ours, you know, they improved, Isla and Mike improved with every race. You could see them gaining in confidence, and they rode a brilliant race. So we're, we're so proud of them all. Um, and just on that and, the, and the, the ladies' success, you know all about that yourself um, from your own past and your own involvement with Skibbereen Rowing, how important the long, long tradition of female rowers in the club. It's going back 50 years, really, because um, from the very beginning of the club, we've had equal participation, male and female, both on, on committee and uh, on the water. So it has been really an important and very strong part of the club that everybody was equal within the club. There was no both reserved for um, the boys ahead of the girls or the girls ahead of the boys. It depended on, obviously, the size of the boat and who wanted to row in it, you know, and that, that, that was the only criteria. Other than that, everybody had an equal opportunity within the club. It's going back um, 50 years, as I said, and um, we have had success down the line, both male and female. And this really is the culmination, I suppose, of all of that. So it's 50 years of growing. Um, can I ask you, Nuala, where did you watch uh, Finton and Paul's gold medal race and uh, the other races as well, and who was with you? We had a little gathering in the club, um, out, outdoors, and uh, we have a, a training um, uh, tunnel that has to be set up when the uh, athletes weren't allowed to train indoors. So um, it's open, it's kind of an open-air tunnel, if you like. So that's where we were, a bit weird. Um, in the middle of the night, it was dark <laughs> with, with a television, um, and it really it was freezing, <laughs> freezing cold. But I tell you, when they won, we we didn't feel any cold. Um, that is Nuala Lupton there the president of Skibbereen uh, Rowing Club chatting to Jer McCarthy about all the achievements of Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy and um, Emily Hagerty over the last couple of weeks best of luck to Kelly Harrington tomorrow we're hoping she gets a gold medal to add to the tally uh, just laid a score from Croke Park before we finish up uh, there is about five minutes of normal time left there and it looks like it is going to be Limerick into the All-Ireland final